0: Welcome to the Novice No Longer Podcast, episode 20. Coming up, how do you meld online experience with offline? I talked to Laura and Sarah, the co-founders of Digital Flash, about creating interactive experiences that really pull people together. But first, I want to briefly talk about my sponsor, Planet1107. And they're an app development company based in Croatia. And the way I want to talk about them is to talk about a different website. And that website is one that I absolutely love, which is the Wirecutter. And if you haven't been there, the way that it works is if you go to any other website, they have reviews of products. They're going to give you all the reviews of the products. Wirecutter instead does the research and they're like this this is the item you want to buy. If you want to buy a smartphone and an iOS of, uh, I can't say iOS. If you want to buy an Android smartphone, here is a phone you should buy. If you want to buy a keyboard, here is the keyboard you should buy. And they do the research and they back up their opinions with the actual reviews, but they're going to tell you just which device you should buy. And so you don't even need to think about it. And they break it up into different kind of price ranges, everything else. And, and this is kind of my shortcut in life for everything. If I need to make a decision, And I don't know really anything about a particular topic. What I'll do is I will seek out somebody that knows a lot about that particular topic and ask their opinion, and they'll give it to me, and then I get the benefit of all of the research that they've done without spending any of the time doing it myself. And of course, it only works if you go with somebody that you trust, but I do that. I find somebody that I trust that knows a lot, ask them, and then done. My decision is made, and I know that I made a great decision because it's based on them, which they know a lot now if you're trying to get an app made you can post a job listing kind of go through all your results and listings and then try to find somebody and hire them or you can use the person that i've used for all three of my apps which is reader tracker watcher tracker and workburst working with him for years he's fantastic and he just kind of opened things up to the u.s market like i said he's based in croatia and the best thing is i've worked out a deal with him all of my listeners and readers here you guys all get a 10 percent discount and his prices are already insanely low like lower than i found anywhere he charges 40 bucks an hour which is nothing in this industry so you get an additional 10 percent off it is amazing you go to planet1107.net slash nnl which of course nnl is novice no longer or if you just email him and you mention me he'll also track it too and you will save 10 percent. it's awesome and i'm using him for an upcoming app again too and i recommend you do it too All right. So the interview today is awesome. It's all about networking and marketing and all of that entire world, which personally, I think I'm terrible at. I am absolutely terrible at this. And I've been trying a lot more and... It always feels forced, but I'm getting better at it over time. And the tips and the information that these two women gave are invaluable because they are out there. They're making it work. They're actually, they did the podcast in Vegas. They, they went back from a conference to their hotel room to record it. That's how out and about they are. And they're just an inspiration to me and... Yeah, the the interview is fantastic. So I'm not going to talk anymore. We're going to jump right into it and enjoy the interview with uh, Laura and Sarah from Digital Flash. Hey, this is Dan with Novice No Longer. And I am here today with Laura and Sarah, who are the co-founders of Digital Flash. Laura, Sarah, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for
0: having us, Dan. Yeah. Hi,
2: Dan. Thanks for having us.
0: Yeah, I'm so happy to have you guys here. Digital Flash, it, it's really intriguing. You guys throw events and you have a, a bunch of different clients. Uh, but in your own words, can you tell me a little bit more about what Digital Flash is and what you guys do?
1: Do you want the intro? Sure. So uh, Digital Flash is a digital experience agency. And what that means is we help brands and startups tell their stories online and offline. Um, you know, we believe that it's really important not just to have a really cool online presence, but also to have a really strong offline experience that has lots of digital footprints so that people are always talking about and interested in your, in your brand.
0: That's, that's really interesting because I think a lot of, people, really put a lot of people put the focus on the online stuff because it's so easy to create content and do that, but but kind of building the experiences and local stuff is an area that's not really touched on too often. Now, how, how did you guys get into that?
2: Yeah, so Laura and I, actually an early tagline was we put the social back in social networking. So, <laughs> that's a good uh, we one. Were really- <laughs> we were really focused on, on bringing people together face-to-face. And actually, Laura and I take our own medicine, and we actually met through networking ourselves. So we were part of a trade organization, and we put on some events from them in the early years. And then from there, we started doing our own kind of meetups where we brought digital thought leaders and um, the smartest people in technology and marketing to um, some panel discussions, and we did that for a couple of years, and then from there, our agency was born.
0: Interesting. Now, I I find this really intriguing because I remember when Meetup dot com first launched, and and their big thing was okay, we're the internet, but you can use the internet to meet people in person. And uh, back at, back then, that was such a, a kind of new concept. Like the, for some reason, they were both intrinsically separate, and and these days, it's it's really not so much because. you it's just natural to go on and like have all your friends that are in real life be on the web and creating the presence and building this whole thing um so what were you guys' background like were you always doing event planning before this or, or what were you doing before you kind of get started
1: uh, no, actually, you know, it's interesting. Sarah and I come from uh, different sides of the house with regards to marketing. So I worked at advertising agencies for all of my career on the account management strategy and, uh, and biz dev side. So, you know, going to events and planning events was not something that I, I did. It was more only about building really cool websites and building cool social campaigns. And
2: uh, and I actually came from the client side. So I worked for a pretty large brand for, um, a good part of my early career. And, um, I kind of came up in the advertising and marketing side, um, in, in the, in the client side, I did, however, do some, you know, production work, um, with regards to like TV and print. And so like, I had a little bit of the planning skills, but, um, I definitely was not an event planner by, by trade.
0: Now, were you both event attenders? Like, you guys were were going to this, like, you've always had a passion to, like, going and networking and, and doing that spectrum of stuff?
1: You know, it's, yeah, as you know, it's interesting. I think not really to the way that we became that. I think we sort of probably were always sort of natural networkers and, you know, you know, go to gallery openings, go to parties. But, you know, there's a... There's definitely an art and science to going to events with regard to, you know, the industry that we all work in now. And I think, you know, we were lucky when we started the company that it was a very interesting time where there are a lot of different things you could go to and you could learn a lot of different things and meet a ton of different people and really kind of hone your networking skills. Um, We'd like to say it's sort of the wild west of 2.0.
2: It was really when everybody was just discovering social and mobile. And you had so many um, kind of senior executives and entrepreneurs just merging into one place at the same time. And everybody was just very excited to learn from each other. So it it was kind of an exciting time for, for us because we just kind of happened, happened to arrive on the scene when everybody was just looking for the kind of information that we were also equally curious about. So we were kind of able to provide the information, but also learn from a lot of smart people.
0: And now you guys, you, you met at a networking event. And a, what was that conversation like? Were, were you discussing the actual networking event and how th- this needed to happen more? Like, how, how did you guys figure out that you were so in tune <laughs> together?
1: You know It's interesting. I, I, you know, as Sarah said, we originally, as part of being at this uh, networking event for this trade association, um, we were on a committee, and so everyone on the committee has a responsibility to plan an event, so we planned an event, and we got to essentially plan – we basically had to get to a dry run of each other with the organization because we were tasked with planning an event for the organization – And, you know, we really like working together and the event we produced was great. And, and, you know, we thought, hey, why don't we do some more of this? And wouldn't it be kind of cool to do it a little bit differently? Like, you know, the, the event was a breakfast event. We thought it was kind of cool to do something interesting at night um, we thought the idea of having people who are actually producing the event be the moderators because you know they kind of intrinsically know what the audience is thinking because you're you're an active participant in that industry as well was just something different and something that we weren't seeing and you know we kind of wanted it to be something where you know you really got something uniquely out of it that you. What we hadn't seen in the marketplace before. So, you know, uh, about four four years in change, you know, we were sitting in Starbucks, kind of talking about this, and we said, "Hey, like, why don't we just kind of go for it?" And throw that first event, and we kind of we are off to the races from there.
2: Yeah, it's kind of stripping out everything that we didn't like about the events that we went to, um, and I think also our big differentiator was that we made a very interactive experience. We were—it was really important to us that the audience was allowed to ask questions throughout the entire panel. So, I mean, our panels to start were much more intimate. I mean, they weren't sort of large conferences with 300 people sitting in the room. You know, you had about 50 to 100 industry uh industry attendees, and we really wanted them to be able to just ask the panelists a question right away, because that is the worst thing when you're just sort of sitting there and you have a question, and then you have to wait all the way to the end of Q&A, and then you've completely forgotten that That point you know, that was raised an hour ago. So we we really just wanted to make it a lot more lively and fun and let people engage with one another and and our panelists always loved that they just felt like they were really having a conversation with our audience and they felt challenged by them which i think is why they've always come back and wanted to participate again and again with us
0: yeah i think that's a problem on both sides that you guys kind of saw and strove to solve because uh, on the one hand the, the people that are attending the conference or the the event and they have questions like you have to like wait and write it down and and like you were saying it you it you're asking the question out of context and at the same time for the panelists if you're talking you might not have not any idea that people still have questions or you didn't kind of cover anything so you were able to kind of go to these events figure out what was wrong and then find a way to, to solve it yourself.
1: Yeah, I mean, we really saw that what would be the ideal event that we'd like to go to and have a really great experience at, and and be something you'd want to share because that was also the, when we were starting in the you know, fall of two thousand nine. It was very much the beginnings of social, where it's like, oh, well, if I, I learned something really cool. I want to share it with the audience who I'm, you know, friends with on Facebook or who are my followers on Twitter. And so for us, it was always about I want to something you want it to be something that you talk about because. You know, people don't know what's going on in this industry right now. There's a thirst for knowledge, and let's give them. Let's give. Let's provide a kind of a safe space. I mean, a lot of us. A lot of the reason why people kind of came to our events initially, also as well, because we curated the audience so that it wasn't going to be full of people who knew nothing about the industry, but also not full of people who knew who thought they knew everything. It was a wide swath of people that would come, and so that everyone felt comfortable. And you know, we felt that you know, by us being the host of it and saying you know, our house is your house, questions that you want to ask, go ahead and ask, gave everyone an opportunity to really learn from each other. So whether you're a C-level executive on the panel or whether you're an intern in the audience asking a question, you, people always had really smart, intelligent questions and felt like they got something out of it. And for us, that was, you know, the great way to start off our company.
0: Now, when you first started digital, uh, digital flash, and you were organizing these events, were they things that you were interested in putting together the panel, or how did how did you figure out the topics and the panelists and go about that whole thing? Or Did you have specific clients in the beginning that you were organizing these events for?
2: Yeah, Dan. So, I mean, I think you sort of nailed it. Um, in the beginning, the the ideas were definitely what Laura and I were very curious about, and and we still do these kind of monthly panels. We just don't do the monthly anymore. They're, they're a little, um, a little more sporadic because we are doing a lot of client work these days. But, um, those initial, initial panels were really what we just wanted to learn about. So we would, uh, do like location based marketing when, you know, nobody really understood what location based marketing was. We would have like Foursquare on the panel and, um, Sticky bits and you know, some of these kind of early, early location based marketing companies. I mean, now Foursquare is so well known, but at the time people were like, you know, what, what, why would I check in to uh, a
1: restaurant? I remember that Um, was like a big
0: controversy when they first launched.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, for us, for being women at at events, like, what, I'm gonna tell a bunch of strangers that I'm at an event they can find me? No, it doesn't sound, this sounds antithetical, but now it's like, of course I'm checking in. Exactly.
2: actually interesting because when we do pick the panelists um and even in those early days we actually tried to get a lot of competitors um to come talk which which is usually sort of unheard of um
0: but <laughs> <Yeah>. we <laughs> but it creates better conversation
2: just, yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> we we like we like a little controversy on the stage um, All in good fun and all for learning, of course. But um, yeah, so we definitely picked topics that we were interested in and what we wanted to learn about and what we saw was um, interesting to our compatriots in the marketplace, like no one knew about social, no one knew about mobile. How how can we learn more about these things? And then um, we, uh, you know, kind of were off to the races. From there.
1: Yeah, you know, it was, it, it, I think it was even surprising to us how quickly people resonated as we ended up having sort of like digital flash regulars because we would have just had, we'd literally have events every single month, you know, all while still, you know, having our full-time jobs um, and kind of building up the business from there. And, you know, we'd have the same folks who were coming, so you know, I'm learning so much coming from these events. Thank you for doing this. Like, no one's saying this. And, you know, that t- kind of gave us the hint, the hint that like, you know, we were actually onto something that tapping into the community and kind of giving and sharing the knowledge that we were learning by using the panels. And so for that, for us, that was a really good validation as we were starting to build up the company and kind of figure out where we go next. Yeah. And then as you asked
2: uh second part of the question, you know, as it relates
1: to brands, uh, that's
2: really, I mean, one, we um, having the panel was a great way to go out and network and meet speakers because, we were able to go to a lot of conferences and then hear very smart people on other panels, or, you know, maybe we were following them in social media and we saw what they were talking about and we were very interested in what they were talking about. And then we had a great entree to say, Oh, hi, you know, we think you're so smart. We'd love to have you come speak on our panel, which is a really nice way to meet somebody when you first meet them, mm-hmm. as opposed to let me sell you my product. So, um, which I think is what happens to most, uh, Executive brand executives when they're out networking.
0: Yeah, and I, um, I was gonna say it's funny that you uh, say that because I have a uh, podcast that I do that you guys are on that's very much the same way. For me, if I meet somebody that I find really interesting, I, I can invite them on the podcast and I get to learn a lot of more about what they're doing.
2: Exactly, <laughs> uh-huh. very symbiotic here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yeah, and then, you know, as it relates to brands, I mean, really, I think that the people that we were having on our panels and the people that were coming to our panels and the people that were meeting us when we were networking happened to work at a lot of brands and they started to see what we were doing. And they started to see that there was really a lot of kind of first movers and early adopters coming to our panels. And there was a lot of folks that they might want to reach out to through social media or through marketing campaigns and started to ask us how we could kind of scale what we were doing at our panels into something a little bit larger and 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 create actual activations or marketing campaigns for them kind of around our ideas. And because we really did have backgrounds in marketing and advertising and had worked at large corporations and agencies before, we really understood what that meant. And and so we kind of were able to translate our idea of just this informal meetup into more of a business where we were creating very cool and unique experiences that, um, that influential people wanted to attend.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, when you're throwing an event for uh, a client of yours as opposed to just, like, doing a panel for learning, like, what is – how does that differ in the sort of – what the event is, I guess? Because, like, I can picture sitting down at a panel and having panelists and asking questions and that kind of stuff. But how does that kind of change as it kind of grows to the next level?
1: Well, I think it's – it's a couple things. One, you know, when we're engaged with a client, we don't look at it as just an event. We sort of call it uh, a digital experience, and the reason that we call it that is because we want the client to ha- get the most out of this, and you know, get the most bang for their buck with regard to connecting with their audience, being able to tell their story, and then having something to look back on as you know, great content. So. When we're engaging with a client, you know, our first conversation is what What are you trying to achieve? Is it brand awareness? Are you trying to drive sales? Are you kind of do a little bit of both, or is it something altogether different? And once we figure that out, then we set about crafting experience. So whether that's you know doing something we recently did for Samsung and South by Southwest, where you know they have a blogger lounge that's really uh, cool and unique, and it's been there for the last four years, and they wanted to reimagine that from the ground up. And we worked with them to, you know, build something completely different, Um, taking the lounge concept and then making it a a humongous lounge concept where, you know, we had 11,000 people show up, we had amazing content, great food, lines out the door, and a ridiculously high number of social media impressions as well. And the reason that happened was because, you know, we sat down with the client, figured out what they wanted to get out of that experience, and then set about building an experience that would hit all those targets and goals for them.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think that your example, because you were, you, I had heard you talk a little bit previously about doing what you did for Samsung, and that's just. It's really amazing to me because you have a brand that is obviously going to be represented at an event by South by Southwest and like all these other conferences. And they want to be represented because their users and their customers and their fans and the people that follow them are all there. So you want to be able to provide a good experience for them. And then what you're able to do is you, I I think you had mentioned numbers before, you just mentioned like 11,000 people came and you had mentioned before like how many you guys thought were going to come and you just blew that completely out of the water, right?
2: Yeah, yeah we are are, are well our uh, our goal was about half of that and and that was based in sort of previous year attendance um, inside the convention center so you know we completely redesigned the concept and I mean really what they had tasked us with was was blogger lounge two point and um, taking it outside of the convention center was our sort of first step in um, in that redesign. And, and really we did that not because we don't think the convention center is an important place to be, or, you know, we know that there's a lot of great conferences happening there and there's a lot of keynote speakers and, um, you know, it's, it's important to definitely stop by the convention center, but so South By has just grown so immensely that people are in so many different places. And, and I mean, now conferences are happening in sort of a 10-mile radius of one another. So we just found that there were maybe a few less people actually going to the convention center, you know, on a daily basis. And over the five days, they may go there once or twice, but they're definitely not there like every day over the five days. So we wanted to be able to capture those people that might be, you know, somewhere
1: else um, during the day. And And we wanted to sort of Craft it in a way so that it would feel integrated and not just something that sort of stuck out that didn't make sense. So we wanted to make essentially an experience that would be kind of like home. So, you know, South by Southwest is, is you know, madness and crazy. And if you know you have one place you can go, you can get some work done, you get something to eat, you can hear really cool content and you feel comfortable because it's, you know, oh, I've got a tablet here and I can check my email. Great. And, for, and that was kind of all part of the idea, like how do you craft an experience that really – feels integrated, doesn't feel like someone's trying too hard, but very much that it's. it makes sense for who this audience is. If you're a busy working professional at a conference, you'd like to have somewhere where you can sit and get a little work done and maybe take a podcast. Mm-hmm,
0: exactly. <laughs> uh, so what what was when Samsung like first approached like what was their goal because you had said like it, it's about building brand or awareness or, or different kind of things like what did you set out to do when you were planning their lounge 2.0
2: um I think having been at South by for uh, about four years we really understood the landscape of uh, the attendee and what um, you know, what their sort of pain points are. So when thinking about the lounge for Samsung, um, one, we wanted to think about an experience that would really address all of those pain points. And I I think, you know, we kind of brought some of those things up already, but, you know, a place to work, a place to have good food, a place to rest, take a meeting, um, listen to some additional content that maybe you're not hearing elsewhere. Um, But additionally, Samsung really wanted to have attendees see their products in a way that was integrated into a working environment. And I think previously when they had been at South by Southwest, the way that their products were showcased was a lot more like a retail environment. And it didn't feel authentic to the actual experience that you were having at South by Southwest. I mean, as you already said, this is their core audience of customers. These are people who are technologically savvy. They're always looking for the new now next in equipment. And if they can come into a space where they actually could take a meeting and have a Samsung screen come out of the wall where they can give a presentation on that screen while typing into one of their laptops, you know, and plugging in their PowerPoint presentation. So maybe they can pitch and investor on their new uh, product, you know, they're going to think, hey, wow, that was a really great experience. Maybe when I'm going back home or I'm setting up my office, I might want that kind of setup in my in my office because that just worked really well. And maybe I, I got that. I won that pitch.
0: I mm-hmm. thought uh, that's so interesting. And South by Southwest is really insane. So having that kind of place to go is super important, super important. Hopefully
2: so, when you come next time you can you can come by the lounge. <laughs> definitely.
0: I have only been once. I missed this most recent one, but uh I was there like two two sessions ago and I definitely want to go back. It was it was such an experience.
1: Oh yeah, it's uh we, every year we have done something unusual and different for a client at South by Southwest. So uh uh it's definitely something that we highly recommend people go and experience at least once. Um, because it is a really amazing convergence of you know tech, media, fashion, art, music, and film.
0: Yeah, everything, all there, right in Austin. Um, so I kind of want to talk about. We got into the beginnings of digital flash and what your first kind of events were like, and then slowly transitioned into uh, kind of finding clients. Can you tell me a little bit more about what the growth was like and how, how you kind of started taking on more clients and what life was like at the company then?
2: (laughs) Much like today. uh, (laughs) It's, it's, uh, you know, it's definitely, a a process and, and I think you never stop growing and you never stop looking for new clients. And you, you, Laura and I like to say, never stop hustling. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, I think one thing that we were, um, a little bit smart and a little bit lucky was that because we did so many of our own panels and because what we created required us to do so much networking to meet people, to bring them onto our panels, we really met a lot of our potential clients early on and um, we're already kind of creating a pipeline. So we almost reverse engineered um, a company because we really had a, a wonderful Rolodex when we started the agency. And then um, it was more about calling upon all those people that we had met and letting them know that our capabilities had really expanded and that we could service them in in a much larger capability than perhaps they imagined. And and I think that's what we kind of continue to do today. We're, we're sort of always tweaking the formula and, and getting a little bit more specific with the offering and making the deck a little bit prettier. And um, and we really just continue to kind of go out and network and be in the marketplace and and we're 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 very interested in kind of the, the unique and, and what's next. So for us, a lot of it is going out to the conferences, seeing what's out there, seeing the clients that are interested in doing unique and different things, and then, um, you know, kind of calling upon them and, and saying, hey, you know, we're really that agency for you. If, if, you, if you would like to, you know, try, try something that, that's more uh, about the future, we, we're, we're kind of that agency.
1: And I think, you know, building up what Sarah says, that, you know, the reason that we were also able to find those clients is that networking is so key, but it's also about doing networking correctly and not always looking at it as like, oh, I want this person to be my client tomorrow. It's more about building relationships. And I think that is probably the, the most endemic thing to digital flash. Like the clients that we have four years ago, I would say about 75% of them when when we were just you know two people with a laptop trying to figure it out, are still our clients now with you know much larger accounts and you know much larger business because we built those relationships early on and you know we mean what we say we do and and we don't um, fall fall you know fall behind that and you know we genuinely care about every single project that we do whether it's a startup that we're helping figure out their positioning to a big brand that you know gives us a big budget to go reimagine a lounge and everything in between we take a, a high level of pride in the business that we do. And a lot of times that's part of the reason that we get a lot of referral business because our clients are really happy with us because of the, the, the pride and the care that we take with their brand and referring us to their friends um, and, co- and you know cohorts in the industry. Because if you're looking for an agency that uh, pays a lot of attention, takes a lot of care in what, you're do- what they're doing, that's where we you know we put our stake in the ground very early on, and we've held on to that as we've grown the business.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think that you said something really intriguing in terms of not just networking but networking correctly because networking is – about way more than what trying to figure out what other people can do for you or even what you can do for other people, but also whether you know people, two people that can help each other, and really being the person that can be a, a connector between people. Because, I mean, if somebody uh, can't help you now or you can't help somebody now you probably know somebody who can and later on down the line you may be able to and uh, just being able to have those connections and be truly interested in what other people are working on and how you can help is, is the best way to do that
1: yeah it's like you know they love that <laughs> yeah. i mean but- When when we started the company, we went out five days a week for two years and met about 5,000 people. And we literally met both 5,000 people because we didn't just, like, go and shake someone's hand. We went, had a coffee, had wine and french fries. Like, we have a kind of cute infographic that kind of shows how many wine and french fries we've had over the last four years as a company. And part of that was that we got to know people very early on, just like, oh, what are you up to? Well, here's what we're up to. It's great to meet you. You know, uh, hope to see you in the future. And never taking – and. Never saying no to a meeting. You know, I I, I recently saw an article about, like, um, how you cannot pick my brain for free and how, like, someone shouldn't ever say that I want to have a coffee with you to pick your brain and that, you know, your time is valuable. And we would say no to that. It's that you never know that intern, that person who's in transition who, um, you go have that coffee with and you may just talk about business just, you know, kind of casually, but they needed some encouragement they needed to like hear from someone else who was doing it. And then two years later, when they're back on their feet, they're going to call you and say, Hey, like, I really appreciated like your advice, you know, we're doing this cool thing. I want to, you know, introduce this other person. That I know that could definitely use your services now. Will that definitely happen? No, but it's like building those relationships with people is so important in this world where we're so digitally connected, those personal connections still means so very much.
0: Oh yeah. 100%. And I always, I always respond to like emails and people ask questions. I I'll generally go out and get coffee with most people, that kind of thing, just because I think those relationships are really important. And it's something that I'm kind of learning later on in life. Like I, I after I graduated high school and graduated college, I, I fell out of contact with most of those people. But and now it's just kind of more recently that I'm learning that all those people that I was friends with back then are the people that are out there doing really cool stuff now. And if you stay in contact with them, you get to see all the cool stuff that they're doing too. And, I, and I'm finding that with like everybody that I meet, it's it's even if they're not doing anything cool then because either they're not, or they're too young or whatever, like in the future they're going to be. And those are the people you want to continue to be in contact with.
2: Yeah. I mean, Laura and I mean, just to kind of add on it a little bit, but I mean, Laura and I really have the pleasure of meeting so many people who have startups or ideas or platforms or networks because we're, we're really so open to having these conversations and, and just hearing what people are about and, and and where they might be taking their idea and you know maybe they can be a customer in the future or maybe not but it just gives us such insight into the industry and the way that people are thinking and kind of an early look at so many products and um, in turn and that's actually why a lot of clients come talk to us because they say, oh, my God, you know, you girls are kind of an encyclopedia for the tech industry because you we take the time and unfortunately we have the time because that's what our business is based around. But we do we take the time to really meet people, hear what they're talking about, kind of find out what's new and next and. And then we're, we're able to apply that to the work that we do. So it's, um, but we're also just fascinated by it. You know, it doesn't just boil down to the business. It is really our interest and we love new technology and we are always trying to figure out kind of what are the next trends and what's, what's exciting out there. That's, we actually happen to be at a, Conference right now we're we're in Las Vegas and we're about to attend um, the Collision Conference after we finish chatting with you. So here's about you know 500 of the uh, the newest startups out there. So. We'll we'll have a lot to report on it
1: after. Follow our Twitter, follow <laughs>
0: <laughs> Now, when you go to these events, are, are you just going and attending and talking to as many people as you can, or do you have like a booth or representation? Like, how do you usually go to these events?
1: Uh, well, uh, we put on a bla- We each put on a blazer, <laughs> and then uh, and have a carry stack of- a lot of business cards, of business <laughs> cards, <laughs> and be comfortable shoes. Probably not, and and go with me as many people as possible. And you know, you know, as I said, you know, networking correctly it takes a little bit of tweaking. And you know, part of that is going with a buddy. So like, starting to go together. So it's 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 kind of oftentimes a little bit easier to have a friend with you when you're kind of going down and meeting people and going up and shaking hands and um and you know just being open to it. I think you know I I think that the attitude of like sort of being standoffish or um kind of being shy. You know, you just kind of have to kind of put that away and just kind of go for it. Especially if you're a conference that you're paying for. It. It's like if you're at a conference, you, you all have paid money to be here. Just go out and meet people, say hi. <laughs> I think also another sort of trick
2: trick of our trade is, uh, I mean, social media. You can find out everything you want to know about people through their social channels. I mean, they really provide a wealth of insight um, on what they're working on, what they're interested in, what maybe they've written about. And if you know you're going to a conference and you know you can find some of the attendees, create a Twitter list, look up you know, who, speakers. look up the speakers, look up who's going to be at the conference beforehand, just do a little bit of homework so that you're prepared. And, and then you can speak to people a little bit more confidently because you can say, Oh, you know, Oh, I saw you wrote that great article or your company or congrats, your company, you know, just got an award or, you know, or something amazing just happened to you. So I, mean, I think that's really helped us too, because we, um, you know, we always just try to do a little bit of homework before. So we're, we're just prepared um, and, know, and know who we might potentially meet. Mm-hmm.
0: As you guys said earlier, I think the one term that encapsulates everything you just said is hustling. <laughs> and yes. what you guys really are is hustling
1: yeah we do have yes. it's, we do we have, we have for a long time a hashtag of relentless hustle and um, and I think it sort of isn't endemic to the, our business you know the folks who work for us um, you know our best partners that we work with all sort of live and breathe the art of the hustle and and it, and it comes from a place of looks like Going for it and not being afraid of it. I mean, like Sarah and I literally met as networking people, and a month later had a business, and here we are four years later. Um, and because we just went for it, and I think part of that comes from the fact that you just you cannot be afraid not to. What's the worst that possibly happen it fails, okay, well, you go back to your real life, and if it doesn 't great you 're off to the races, um, but I think having that independent spirit of like why I have the technology available to me I have all these, I have a network i 've been building, why not just go for it and I think that 's the most important thing when you go out there and hustle hustle smartly <laughs> um, but go out and hustle, of course. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, guys, this has been absolutely, um, amazingly interested. I want to thank you so much for being on the show. And just a final question is if, if people want to find you and speaking of social network and stuff, if people want to find you, how can they find you?
2: Uh, they can find us at our website, which is www.digitalflash.com, or they can follow us on Twitter at D flash NYC, um, which is, uh, first letter d flash nyc and uh where else can you find us on facebook at digital flash nyc on linkedin at digital flash nyc we we are everywhere, we, we
1: everywhere. <laughs> or, and, if, Tumblr. <laughs> and if you're in new york on may 22nd we're doing a really cool event on capitalizing on the consumer with uh speakers from Zadie, best made co casper um and some really cool consultants will be talking about where the future of retail holds so that should be a really cool conversation so so that's uh, May twenty second at six thirty PM at the uh, Grind
0: Park Avenue. Great, and I will uh, put a link to that and all these other things in the show notes. If anybody's listening, they want to check that out. You definitely can. And again, thank you guys so much for being on the show. Thank
2: awesome. you for having us.
0: Well, bam, another episode done. If you have enjoyed this, because I know I enjoyed the talk, if you've enjoyed listening to it, please go onto iTunes, leave a rating, leave a review read all of them they make me smile every day every day i log in and i'm like hey is there a new thing to make me smile and sometimes there is and hopefully it'll be you please do it and until next week have a good one